With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It was getting late in the morning on a Friday. We'd wiped the sawdust off my workbench and sat down to discuss the plans of how the South African board drive was going to unfold. Dana and I sipped what was left of hot coffee in our hydro flasks and we began to go over the details that needed to be covered. I listened closely and couldn't help but begin to imagine and wonder the actual impacts that this board drive and these surfboards that we were collecting from stoked and supportive people like yourselves that have given boards and to many others that you might know or may not but I knew that the effects that surfing could bring are immeasurable this had more to do with surfers and surfboards and one community and one neighborhood and one country but no it had to do with the entire continent throughout my travels and somewhat adventurous paths through African countries of which I've been privileged to go to quite a few now I've come to learn and observe how so many people rely and depend on the ocean so many people need the sea to just eat this is their livelihood they're fishermen they're subsistence farmers they depend on the sea but one thing I've started to realize and in a small way I've started to see is a lot of times people don't have a romance or relationship with the ocean like like we as surfers might and it's not that they don't have surfboards or they don't have extra time and all those things of course those are part of the equation but more than anything just falling in love with what the ocean is and who she is I try to explain to Dane the best way I could that you know these surfboards are going to potentially resound and the effects are going to ring out from South Africa and Cape Town in particular but throughout the continent of Africa all eyes are on South Africa for many activities but also she leads the way in most respects and and rightly so with a little more opportunity and a somewhat progressive stature it's uh it's an important country in the african continent and i figured that these boards could potentially produce ocean advocates which then could be a powerful force to become people that are against ocean pollution people that are in love with the sea using it for more than just their food source and a way to survive but people that really really love the sea what it can bring and the relationships formed around sharing it together this was about building a community of people that love each other and can share the best things that we have for and with each other we as surfers know this but teaching somebody to surf is more than just getting barreled or having fun and the surfboard is just such a great disconnect of how to fuse those things together i explained how potentially we'll never know the effects that these boards can bring 
These things were pretty obvious statements, but I was passionate and adamant about it. Watching this film come together and being part of the delivery trip, getting to see these boards in person making a difference was such a such a special thing and one of the most powerful things I've ever got to be a part of and witness let alone contribute to in some way but I wanted to share these thoughts as you watch this movie and encourage you to download it in the appropriate places I think it's on iTunes there and uh, yeah all the proceeds going to benefit and support the Ways for Change program you'll meet Tim Conenbeer and uh let him describe in his TED talk that you can listen to too is the kind of vision he had for how surfing in a place like Cape Town, which he fell in love with, can make a difference. It's seeing the boards in action, making a difference that really meant a lot to me. But to anyone who gave a board or to somebody you might know that did, I really hope that they can get even 1% of the joy that they can know it's made a difference and perhaps see the effects of it. I still think the effects are immeasurable, but isn't that a fun thing in life is when you just do what feels right in hopes of bringing more joy and love and sharing support to each other. One of the most in interesting things was listening to how the the actual crux of this therapy program evolved out of what's, what Tim originally called a surf club that he started. He wanted to take people surfing to the beach. He'd, pick him up in his van and take him down. These were kids from townships with little or no means or access to the beach. Not far away, but and, and, uh, and no opportunity to, to partake. And uh, the, the biggest thing seemed to be that they were able to talk to other people that would listen to them. This sounds like an obvious thing, but when that's taken away, that's a huge void. A void that uh, through loneliness and fear can drive us into all sorts of places once again surfing a tool to be part of a community to share one another's burdens and also to go through life along the way trusting each other building relationships building friendships that we can then depend on surfing what a tool I wish like the next generation to not having the struggle. For the youth growing up in South Africa's poorest township, life is a struggle. Kids are regularly exposed to violence, drugs and abuse and poverty. This is Kailicha in which we'd be working and traveling, meeting the people that live there. Those partners with Waves for Change that we got to know and they showed us around their home. It was an amazing experience to be with people we had grown to love and let them show us where they come from and how they live day to day. South African townships tend to be kind of low-income areas outside the main city, so every big South African city tends to have what they call a shadow town. During the apartheid era, the different cultural populations were split, and they lived in different parts of the city. There's a lot of economic migration into Cape Town at the moment. A lot of it comes into Kailicha Township, which is one of the largest townships in South Africa. So I think there's about one and a half, two million people that live in the immediate environment. They asked me to draw the maps that were going to be presented within the movie, showing us how we'd move around from one place to another, where the boards would be flown across oceans all the way to South Africa, how we would navigate the Cape Peninsula, where we would be staying, where Kailicha was, where the Monrobisi Beach was, alongside beaches I'd grown up, drawing those maps. I did them in watercolour. I felt it was apt for going back to a childlike approach where 
that art was more common in something I would have been doing at that age when I was perhaps the age of those children. It was a fun experience, but also so, so heavy, just thinking about the sights and sounds we'd see driving those roads, imagining the views we'd be experiencing together. I couldn't wait to share this with the G-Boys, and so honored to be invited on this trip. An amazing experience to experience South Africa together, let alone a project like this with so many surfboards that were going to be donated and going to change unknown. Post 1994, as South Africa became democratic and freedom of movement was made possible, uh, you've got you know, rapid population expansion in these areas. So they tend to struggle with sanitation, housing, public spaces, just because of the, the pressure on the infrastructure, the social problems tend to be exacerbated. Here's Glenn Thompson. He describes the racial segregation and some of the problems that are at hand and within South African history how things were segregated and divided. South Africa's history is a political history largely, which affects uh, social and cultural trends. So surfing fitted right within that. From the 60s when surfing boomed, that was exactly when beach apartheid was implemented in South Africa. And what beach apartheid meant was that beaches were segregated in South Africa, that black persons and white persons couldn't share the same beach. And essentially that the white beaches were the more pristine and the beaches allocated to black persons were without lifeguards and pretty dangerous conditions. Racial segregation meant that coming to a beach wasn't seen as a place of pleasure and a place of enjoyment. It was seen as a place of oppression and essentially white privilege. 27 of April 1994, yes. It was the first time that the black person get vote. Then there was freedom. Each and everyone was allowed, it was equal. Each and everyone was allowed to go to any beach they want. They can serve, they can swim that day, and we have freedom in South Africa. Where under apartheid, surfing was divided. After apartheid, surfing becomes open, although there are still structural issues in place that limit access to the surf for many black persons. I loved how I used the concept of persons rather than people and thought it represented a human in the best way. Sounds funny, but it was so well said. Here's Tim Koningbeer. Listen to his TED talk if you want to learn more about how his vision got implemented into South Africa and how he grew from one struggle to another. So my name is Tim Koningbeer. I'm 36 years old. I'm from the UK. Probably the first thing you should know about me is I'm a big surfer. I love to surf. I came to Cape Town in 2006. I mean, like anyone coming to Cape Town, you're, you're fascinated by the city that's so beautiful on the one side, but so divided in so many different ways. You know, I'm a surfer, I went to the beach and I just, I wanted to get kids surfing. I set up a surf club, really, really simple. I'd take a car, I drove to Massapumalele Township on a weekend. Whoever was waiting, I'd pick up, I'd take them surfing and slowly, slowly, like week by week, more and more people were waiting, more and more people wanted to come. The kinds of differences these programs can make go beyond surfing. For one to be comfortable in the water is a huge barrier to entry, but a life skill too. And then beyond that, being able to teach that to somebody else, once again, being able to share these concepts and skills with others, that's when things become powerful. One of the best parts was being able to meet all the volunteers and leaders within their Waves for Change organization, and they became friends. Of course, we got to work alongside them and enjoy the beach activities and the instructions that they were carrying out with the kids and us included together. 
learning what they do and learning how they teach others to be able to then teach others what they do. This shareable concept was so, so important and also so empowering. We would join hands and walk into the water three steps at a time. Stop, look to one another on your right and your left and check in. If everyone was confident and feeling okay and nobody checked in with, with angst, another three steps were taken, progressing into the shallows. Ankle deep, three steps later. Knee deep, three steps later if everyone is okay. Waist deep. And so it would go. And this was a way to introduce people into being comfortable in the water, but knowing that you had somebody on either side with whom to check in if things weren't okay or you were feeling nervous, everyone would turn back. And it showed a a form of support that we were in this together and we were never going to leave you on your own. The ocean can be such a lonely place, but... Once you're comfortable in it, you can draw so much from it. I was so impressed at how we got to share in these activities with the instructors, how they taught each other to teach the kids, and then how they taught the kids to teach each other. Such a basic concept, but so powerful, and to see it in actors and be part of it was utterly amazing. The smiles on their faces, the amount of children in the sea just playing on the fringe of a beach that I'd otherwise never gotten to. These people got to show us how they live, which you can see in the movie, and walk in those streets with those who'd become friends, Dwandile and Gaiva and Kaini. You know, that made all the difference, to be able to be led into these places, but shown around, shown around with love, shown around with care, shown around their daily routines, see what they come from. It made such an impression on me and although I'd grown up and been to similar and such places before being there with somebody that you had gotten to know a little more really made a difference I sat down with Dane and after having some intentionally essentially heavy experiences witnessing these things throughout the day and documenting this process here were his thoughts on his takeaways from walking through those streets those, those days one of the most special moments for me was when we were in the car, and we had kind of just gotten into it a bit, opened it up with uh, Nelson Mandela mm. and his contribution, and like um, kind of with the apartheid. So they did this thing each year where she became, she's like Connie's like the first female lifeguard on the beach she's in there. Yeah. So she had to like, you know, overcome so much to her love for swimming actually was like her therapy for overcoming like the street life. And... She did this thing with Robbins Island. They did this race on Freedom Day, which is the anniversary mm-hmm. of the day when yes. they were, that part that ended and everything. And so it's a seven mile swim, or seven K swim across the channel from Robbins Island, is it? Yeah, Robin Island. Yeah, Robin Island across into the harbor or somewhere. To Cape Town? To Cape Town in there. She swam there? Yeah, a relay. That's incredible. And and she was saying, it was just like, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, wow, that's like, must be terrifying. And they're like, they were talking about like, yeah, but we were free. <laughs> uh, I was dreaming. She embraced the literal concept of the celebration. Yeah, but, and then so we, that was like opener. And then we got into it when we were talking on the top. And, and basically like, yeah. She talked about the segregation and how there's 
four beaches were blacks only beaches. That was one where we went and did the Stokoroma mm -hmm. experiencing. And all the other ones, you know, they were talking about how, what it felt like to have that segregation. And, and they were like, that day, obviously they were really young, but just having that within your lifetime, mm -hmm. you know? I don't know. The way she felt when it was free for all the people and she was talking about it was just really something that like gave me the chills. Like I was like, man, like, and we take it for granted, like our own freedom or, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we were never viewed as like a secondary component to it, you know, sure. to existence. Sure. And uh, I don't know, it just resonated. Like I was just like shocked at just how tender that moment was, you know, for all those, for everyone, I mean, there must be, it's such a crazy moment in time for everyone involved in the whole situation. Sure. There's probably so many emotions from all sides, but just to hear what she was saying about it was just deeply fascinating. Do you think then in, in witnessing that and obviously capturing those words and moments, from my perspective, it seems like that would be an eye-opening thing for somebody else to see and hear now, mm. just like you went through. Kind of share that and sort of open up the vision a little bit, but also it's um, we have never been in a position where we were becoming more free. Yeah, that, exactly. And so she, her telling a story of being in a position of... Where it wasn't... Yeah, like it, it's from both sides, and it's it just feels like a, th it feels. I mean, maybe, do you think people watching that will see it as well as you heard it? Yeah, I well, yeah, I think it came off really natural. That's powerful because that's what this yeah. this whole thing was about without being planned. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like those are the kinds of things I can ever cover. That's it was amazing. It's a real gentle conversation, and mm. it just like was this moment. Um, but we didn't live well. I guess I lived through it, but. You know, when you don't live through that and you just get going with your daily life, you can sometimes forget the power of that. So to yeah. just remind people of it, not in a, a this and now, then and there situation, no. but just be reminded of all those kinds of struggles. And yeah, yeah. And that we're all in it together. Well, and you yeah. can overcome, everyone should, can help each other mm. through all their challenges because the challenges everyone faces in fear and anxiety and stress and trauma you know there's violence in a lot of different cultures but it's kind of like you, there's universal things that no matter where you come from you just want to be you, you want to feel love you want to feel acceptance you want to have guidance you want to have mm. mentorship a community and everyone's afraid it doesn't matter if you're black white chinese mexican yeah, you know, everyone matter. deals with those certain primal instincts and yeah. emotions and I don't know I felt like that moment specifically was something that in my lifetime I just haven't seen through that filter mm. you know yeah that's like, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I, I see it very clearly and yeah yeah it was a really beautiful thing to be so closely shown yeah and witnessed yeah, I mean, everything else what they were saying was incredibly amazing and interesting, but that one moment yeah. was just, it was liberating yeah. for me to hear it and for her to say it. Oh, yeah, for her to share it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, and then to know that you're sharing it too. Yeah, well, I, you know, I don't, 
like no in the context of like the scale of the story like the, I don't want that to be like this driving wedge or force I mean there's no, so absolutely. much things but I, I, I was it was more of a personal thing you know and yeah if people listen to it and feel just inspired to bring people more together than continue to drive people apart through separation you know yeah and I think it's boundaries and borders and race aside I, today's the first day we didn't surf since we've been here and to be honest it really didn't matter yeah we've had some fun waves but I kept being reminded of the power of surfing as a tool yeah the power of surfing is showing that we're all together of being all together and yeah I mean we would definitely the oddballs in a lot of those uh, scenarios we're in but they definitely knew we were surfers and what we were about or if it was explained yeah. and it was such a beautiful thing and it's like oh you guys are surfers wow well that's interesting well, we felt the, the kids were in on it yeah the kids have thrown up shockers and the, and it just felt like man the strength of the surfing it really is this, the understanding of like surfing's cool and this that, that strength and carrying that flag with honor and pride and been bringing people in and just being stoked to be a part of it you know I felt that today like the power the currency of surfing currency of surfing is so much greater than 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 you could ever expect yeah. and it, we could ever expect you could ever expect sure. I think it's so much bigger I think it's only starting right now mm. I think the healing benefits I mm. think just like ocean, the ocean is such a great resource as a teacher. It teaches so much. Yes. And I think we can all share it and bring each other's um, best out of each other, you know, in, yeah. in so many ways, you know, um, and just help each other through it, you know. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm pumped, man. I was tripping down, you know, I was like, I don't know, just, just like taking it all in. You know, the whole, I mean, you know, where we live, it's not like very, more, like, racially diverse you no, know I'd say and obviously we've traveled a bunch to a lot of different cultures so you know we've had a bunch of different kind of cultural exposure but um, it was just I don't know it was a great moment to just re-solidify the fact that the more together we are all in it is better for everyone oh it's so obvious yeah yeah that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. It's, yeah. It's a powerful thing, man. Yeah. It's uh, a... <laughs> I mean, it's an obvious statement, right? Like, it's... But it, to it is, feel but it. if you explore it and start uncovering it and then, and then yeah. walk through it and you're like, you, you know, like, yeah, you go to sleep tonight and it's going to be like, you believe in that concept even more of how powerful it is to go yeah. to extra lengths to just share and be together and be, yeah. Hold the beach day and yeah. teaching people that are trust each other and love what are the three pillars of the concepts they say yeah, trust um, respect and protect protect yeah ah oh, so good yeah yeah it's cool this process has taught me a lot I mean doing the Stokaramas I feel like in St. Clay and Huntington and Makaha and those places it's um, it was right there in the essence of what is occurring here yeah. as well but to see them using it um with the curriculum, right? Yes. To actually have a strategy to improve lives and communities. Mm. I mean, that's that's really opened my mind to greater 
uh, a greater good that could be, you know. Sure. But I mean, I honestly think, anyway, any bit of intent in the good direction is better than any intent. Or no intent, you know? Yeah. Well, so I guess, yeah, the problem is being idle, you're going neither which way, and then just, you know, the mess of idleness goes in whichever way people mm. are dictated to. That wasn't well said, but yeah, but it's do, do one positive thing in the right direction. But speaking to Tim today and then looking at the flowcharts on the wall, and they've obviously got really smart philosophers and yeah. psychologists involved in how and which things work, but it was really interesting when we asked him about well, how did you know how to sort of whittle it down and edit it down to the king, key principles that then can be scalable and reproduced. Mm. He was like, it was just trial and error. We just kept moving in the direction, yeah. in the same Failed direction. and then can that. Yeah, and then just keep going. But it's, yeah, it's a scalable model. Yeah. yeah. Or at least just to, it totally is a scalable model, but just to, just to be awakened to that concept mm. of something that we do every day. And maybe subliminally we're feeling the health benefits well, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically. Inside the townships, there's this overwhelming energy of just people in a very tight space. You know, that everyone's in each other's environment constantly. And with that, you have a great sense of community, but you also have uh, a level of tension that is hard to deny. So it's incredible to see the optimism that they actually shine with, you know, and they provide hope for the next generation, give them stoked to keep moving forward. You can't change the place they're coming from, but being able to change the way they exist and the way they feel in it. You know, with empathy, and coping skills, communicating better, these are the kinds of things can, that can make a positive impact as they take them back into the community. It was so, so insightful, so simple, but yet so powerful. And it had me thinking about the effects of those things in our lives and how surfing is doing much the same, whether we're aware of it or not, or using it to combat daily trauma or at a level of anything. But surfing is important and it rang true. Listen to Ashley. This is the first real session where the kids get in the water and we're just trying to build that sense of belonging so they have a community and a safe space, like psychologically and physically safe space, that they learn how to identify their own feelings and ask for help because a lot of them, it's really scary to ask for help and they don't feel like they have people who they can ask for help. What kind of situations do some of the kids kind of come from? Like, So we're working with kids from incredibly under-resourced communities. On average, they're experiencing about eight traumatic events a year, whereas someone like myself would experience about four in a lifetime. And that's things like death of a loved one, abuse, poverty, not enough food at home, drugs, witnessing violence, things like that. So what we're trying to do is give them a safe space because we can't change that context yeah. that they're coming from. But maybe we can change how they exist in that space and how they feel in that space. They learn about empathy, they learn about coping, they learn about uh, communicating with each other. Everything that we teach them here, we try and help them figure out ways that they can take it back into the community. Yeah. So you want them to practice the behavior and associate that behavior with a positive feeling. Yes. And then when they associate it with a positive feeling, they're more likely to go home and be like, cool, I'm going to help this person or I'm going to look after myself, I'm going to make healthy decisions. One big thing for me growing up was seeing where my parents have come from, just seeing how far they've come and just how hard they've worked to kind of 
given me the opportunities that I have. I think that really stuck with me because obviously when I do the exact same thing, you know, like do everything that you can to give back. I think that's one thing that's worth working towards. And a couple years ago, my brothers and I, we started the Positive Vibe Warriors Foundation. It gives back to youth water safety programs within communities and allows for kids in emerging surf nations to experience the ocean in a positive way. This whole project really started super organically off of a conversation I had with Michael. And he had seen the last board drive we had done, and he just really thought that it would connect well with the organization he was working with, Ways for Change. Listening to Michael talk to those kids and watching the way they respond and react with him, being an ambassador for South African surfing, the inspirational role that Michael February is conducting and the way he conducts that role was was beyond impressive. He carries himself with such poise, such a patient, humble countenance, and it makes a difference when you see the impact that a role model like that could bring. Each and every one of those instructors have signed up to be a better role model. <laughs> Not a perfect, like Gaiva says so succinctly, but a good one. And they go to great lengths to volunteer in these programs and then become lifeguards and so on and so forth and carry on these skills and share them with others as they learn and leave. But it came back to how Tim summed it up as a passionate South African myself. The Rainbow Nation and the pride of the concept of what that can be, I thought was so well said. I think South Africa gets an unfair press because of what's come before. Pretty much every South African I know is, is such a proud supporter of like, the concept of the Rainbow Nation, what it means. And I think a lot of young South Africans have been told always what they can't do, places they can't go, things they're not allowed to access. I think what Mikey's showing is that, hey, like, that era's gone, that's finished. You know, for kids growing up in the township, seeing Mikey, and it's huge. Like, I remember being here when he busted the first air at Monrovici Beach, and kids were doing backflips off the dunes, they were so excited. So when they see him, it shows that the country's changing, which is great, and it shows that it's moving in the right direction. The surf is going to be much richer for, you know, Mikey being on the tour, and everything that comes, you know, after Mikey, I think, is, is also going to be much better for it. We were sort of expecting somewhere around 300 surfboards or so. And with this one, the support was absolutely overwhelming. We collected somewhere around 700 surfboards. And I think people were really connecting to giving that opportunity to kids down in South Africa and lifting their spirits and allowing them to go to the beach. It just seems so easy when we work together because the amount of planning and detail that goes into pulling something like this off on your own would be immense. but. Working together and plugging into something like this, like the foundation and using what the boys have put together with the Positive Vibe Warriors Foundation, it just makes so much sense. And once again, working together, especially with surfing, let alone anything, could make such it's such an easier way to work together and make a bigger make it make a bigger difference. Unpacking those boards in South Africa with the crew over there was just such a memorable experience. Looking at the faces of the excitement, listen to the emotion of just unpacking the details of the colors and the shapes and the variety of boards. So special to see these some really spicy boards over there. 
some Arakawas and Tokoros, some Biolises, a couple Channel Islands, you name it, every brand was represented, a couple old Terry Martins from back in the day, some Hobies, it was all there, some, some, some old beaters and some really, really nice boards, a bunch of soft tops, the variety was immense and looking at them all put together in one container, the volume as we pack them in and unpack them. <laughs> Just being around that mini surfboards is so fun to be around. Love surfboards. Most of them are so nice. Yes. Beautiful, the shapes, everything. It's what the kids need and also we need. Yeah. All the kids they want this. Part of the trip was putting on a Stokerama event day. It's a free day for the kids to come down and be part of a surfing event. And we walked with the uh, worked with the Waves for Change crew and down that Monrobisi beach we had I think just over 400 kids down at the beach there taking part in the beach day and it was such a memorable event spend all day in the sun pushing kids into waves playing games with them on the grass it was it was just an amazing thing to be part of and watching them all work together no parents in sight just well-behaved kids working hard to earn their lunch ride some waves together and play some games it was just such a breath of fresh air and something I'll never forget this is the morning of the Stokerama. It's early in the morning and we're getting ready. Waves for Changes has this amazing facility here. Kids can walk down and check in, use the boards, and then go for a surf. And we got to pick up some of the kids and, and actually bring them to the beach. And dude, the stoke was so real. It was feeling amazing. I still think one of the most memorable and powerful things to be a part of and feel over there was the amount of people just swimming, being confident, being comfortable in the sea, sharing that experience together, sharing it with us, watching them enjoy themselves and being there not to even surf but just to soak it in. Sure we rode some beautiful waves, we got to enjoy the coastline, eat some good dinners, get barreled on occasion, but sharing it with people that I'd never got to before and a place I'd never been before, down the road from where I grew up. It sounds silly, but that segregation really had a powerful impact on all of us and watching those barriers and walls be broken down as the divides become less of an issue and the struggles are becoming solved with creative individuals like Tim, putting programs together, partnering with volunteers and other talented people putting resources together all starting with a vision centered around a conversation in a language we know i said to dane just the other day you know i don't understand the world much better than through the language of surfing and love and it can't be much different it all is the same thing but to us this seems to be our vocabulary you know it's not about surfing at the end of the day it's about sharing this world together and making it a better place we just happen to use the language of surfing, but it's communicating love. So when you get you know, organizations like Ways for Change, what we want to do is obviously create a safe space, but we want to encourage kids to help each other. We want to encourage communities to you know, heal themselves. Guys like Guyver, women like Kanye, going in and providing that care and support. And 
And people like Landile saying, OK, I've been helping, I'm going to volunteer my time to help. You know, guys like the Gadaskases and, and Mikey February saying, OK, you've got a surfboard, let's give it to someone else. Like, the more we help each other, then I think the world is going to start shifting, you know, a little bit at a time. Although I still feel like the effects are immeasurable, what these boards and surfing, sharing it with others can bring. Here are some words from Mikey, Dane, Tanner and Pat that could sum it up best at the end of this film. The board drive, I feel like it's really special because obviously, you know, it's donating a board to one person and hopefully that person is going to, you know, try and pass some of that on to the next person. I think it's just going to be just a really positive impact on, you know, everyone in South Africa and Africa and just knowing that it's going to go to so many different kids and make a huge difference in their life is pretty special. Looking back on the experience, I think this has been one of the most inspiring projects I've ever been a part of. We started it just wanting to help Ways for Change in Cape Town, and we got so many surfboards. Now we're able to work with a lot of countries in Africa, and the boards are going to go to places like Liberia, Mozambique, Somalia. I don't even think this is close to the end of this project. I think these boards are essentially going to tell their own stories as the years come forward. You know, you give someone a surfboard, it can change their life forever. There's something incredibly special just feeling the energy that's transferring through this movement and connecting each other in worlds apart. The biggest thing for me looking back at the board drive is the collection of small actions becoming big actions, which then has a huge ripple effect on communities, local and global. Everyone has a choice. You have a choice to act upon a thought or an idea. With that motion, with that energy that's created through that thought, it has the power to affect something way down line that you may not even know exists. I feel proud to have been a part of the initial actions, but really it's, it's about the reactions and it's about the ripple effect that's going to continue to grow and hopefully uh, just keep growing and growing. Go to iTunes and download the Can't Steal a Vibe movie. All proceeds going to the Ways for Change Foundation and the efforts that they're putting together that I hope you'll understand better after seeing this film, hearing this podcast and speaking to anybody who's donated a board and or seen or felt the effects of surfing, surfing and surfboards in their life. Thank you so much to all the were involved in this film and being able to be a part of it. I think of the photographers, Paul Daniel, Sasha Specks, Caleb, Nolan Hall, think of Graham Nash, Nick on the sound, Carl Boothie filming. Thank you to the Gadaskas brothers, to all of you who donated a surfboard, to Michael February and his family for their open invitation. Thanks to Wave for Change, Tim Connie Bear and your entire crew over there. Such a proud moment to be a part of what you're doing. So here's to essentially the immeasurable effects that surfing and surfboards can bring. <laughs>